This episode of Heavy Cardboard is brought to you from the great folks over at Gamesurplus.com, bringing the world of board games to you. Now, on to the show. Heavy Cardboard, episode 96, Pixie Queen. Welcome to 2018, y'all. This is Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. So happy New Year, y'all! Yeah. Well, I guess Merry Christmas too, because yeah. we've been gone for a while. We have. I would say we've been off, but um, not really. Not really. You no, know, <laughs> the time off was not time off at all. Actually, no. See, and I beg to differ. I thought it was, it was relaxing. It was therapeutic. It was all the things that you want time off to be. I'm just blankly staring at him for those that because you can't see me. So. Time off from the show meant time to do other things, like work on the studio. So like completely redo it. Hash, hashtag studio refresh uh-huh. is, well, it's refreshed. It's it's different. So if you haven't seen any of the live streams so far, I maybe recommend you doing that because it's not just for the video stuff. It's mm-hmm. also for us because it's a lot more comfortable in it here It really now. is. It really is. And that helps both with the podcast as well as the youtube channel so it's a win all the way around well i guess ultimately y'all will be the ones that tell us whether or not it was quote unquote worth it (laughs) since you know we're going to be spending more time in here we thought it should be more comfortable yeah and it's it i will admit it's a lot more comfortable in here than it was there's not stuff everywhere there's not stuff all over the floor and right all, all off camera and yeah. you're having to step over a yeah. dog and, and that, do all those yeah, things that was un- very uncomfortable but now it's it's very very nice in here so yeah. you did a great job well i appreciate it it's a lot of hours but mm-hmm. totally worth it i think but like i said ultimately y'all will be the ones right. that decide that so hopefully the advent was fun. It was. But yeah, never gonna never ever ever going to do that again unless heavy cardboard is entirely full time. Right. Because yeah, nah. No. Uh-uh. Eighteen hours a day for twenty four straight days for you. Yeah. Um I guess except the weekends you didn't work that long. But yeah, that's that was a bit much. But you know what? We did it. But we did it. And now I mean honestly we are Still as busy as ever, um, even during the advent, but at least we're not putting on a live stream or putting on a podcast constantly, you know, like we were in December. Right. Yeah. That that was unsustainable for the long term. Mm-hmm. It was funny during whether it was on social media or any other emails we've gotten. Oh, we met, you know, when are you guys doing the 50 days of lent or or something whatever it doesn't have to be religious you get yeah. the idea but just 50 days of because we want to right and we were like uh-uh nah, no not happening not nope. anytime not for the foreseeable future. yeah no i'm good um i'm still working <laughs> about you know 16 18 hours a day but, but we appreciate it well i appreciate it and i'm sure the folks on the other end of i this hope so it, right um but at least it's you know behind the scenes stuff and it's not on the microphone or on camera right every day right 
My parents gave me some money for Christmas. That, that was kind of them. It was. And they gave you some too. Mine went to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine went to a new planner. Planner number 6,438. Yes. 0. 0.6. No, for the not, small one. Well, yeah, okay, fine. That's fair. But yeah, so I'm super excited. It's handmade I mean, leather. Get me, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm happy for you because you seem genuinely excited yeah. about this. But my question is, and this could just be ignorance here, so mm-hmm. forgive me, but sure. why did you want, need, slash, desire, crave, whatever, another planner? Because the one you have, the purple one that we use for the show and I think you use for you, or is it just the show? It's going to be just the show after I get this one. What was it you told me? Uh, we were in the car somewhere, and you were like, yeah, there was a lady on one of the planning videos or Facebook groups or something like mm-hmm. that that you were talking about how she has like two backpacks and 16 purses mm-hmm. and four planners no, that she, she brought to work. She and she's had, like, I don't know why I don't have all this time anyways. Right. So like every day I lug three or four planners to work, a bunch like a couple of things of stickers and some stuff that I need to sort just in case I have time to go over it at work because I don't at home. So, but I lug all this stuff around and I never open my bag usually. So why do you do it? I might have the time. You know what brings you happiness and you need, you need to be able to decompress where you can. So mm-hmm. knock yourself out. And it's with Christmas money. So, you know, whatever. Right. Knock yourself out. Thank but you. hey, I'm happy for you. I just, this is where one of those things where I just shake my head. Okay. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and now I shake my head and enjoy, say enjoy for you for stuff too. It's the same, same difference. For what? Working on the show? <laughs> no, it's spending like four days trying to figure out what paint color to use. That's no, actually, that was that was the one thing that I actually was pretty well set on. <laughs> that in literally, so okay, so describe kind of here what we're looking at. So the new studio is it's in the same room. Mm-hmm. It's in one of our quote unquote spare bedrooms, i.e., the studio yes. now. And behind where Amanda's sitting is just one big long wall of drapes because Mm -hmm. that's actually going to be where our second studio is going to be for down the road when we hit our next level on Patreon. Mm -hmm. However, what was behind her previously was Asher's bed. And then over in the corner, there were a couple of uh, Ikea Expedit, like uh, two by by one and a five by one Mm -hmm. that we used for to hold everything Mm -hmm. from... Poker chips and and uh, dishes, uh, little you know, like ramekin or, yeah. or um, votive holders mm-hmm. for bits and stuff like that. Plus, we had all the the audio interface. We had the mixer. We had all the equipment. Mm-hmm. Plus, over there in the corner, we had just not haphazard, but on a broken tripod. Yeah, we had one of the that cameras broke in Germany and all this stuff. However, now all that's gone. It's so nice and clean. Because we have this kind of little alcove where there's a window over here in the corner and there's shelves built. By who, Mr. Craftsman Man? uh, Yeah, so I decided to take on carpentry um, (laughs) because I needed a miter saw to be able to do the wood paneling stuff that's behind me for the main feature wall, if you will, Mm -hmm. in the studio. And I was like, well, you know what? I want to get rid of all that stuff and, and reclaim about eight square feet of space back there. I was like, I can make shelves. Remember me talking about shelves. early about smiling and nodding and saying enjoy? This right. is this is one of those times. Again, working on the show, this is what I do <laughs> though, right? I mean, come on. So I built 
three shelves, so we actually have four shelves over there. Everything's tucked out of the way. Asher's bed is over here on the side. Mm -hmm. And then behind me, well, you can see better than I can. Yeah, so behind you, there is a large shelf from Ikea. Then there's, it's like a floating shelf with some Albin Viard maps and an old microphone and and our new Patreon patron board that shows how many... Our, our, what we call our 138 box. 138 box. when we moved to the studio, we had 138 patrons. Now we have 624 or something. Yep. And so that's a pic, actually a digital picture frame that's really cool that we can update real time. In real time, dude. We'll make, the, uh, dude yeah. I... It, it's stupid how excited I got. Like at I the really, idea. really, really want to get a patron during the stream so we can hit it, right. you know, click Just it over, be able to switch. The yeah, number. And there's right. Davis that Donna Dinger crocheted for us. He's sitting up now instead of laying down. And we just have all kinds of stuff back there. Just little things to little tchotchkes to show the show. Yeah, and, and to show a little bit of us mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. So Some personality back there. Yeah, so it's just more comfortable. I realize that's kind of going back to what we were talking about, but it's just this is what I do. Like, yeah. If I'm not working on the show, I'm working on the show. Right. I, I, I literally don't. And this isn't. Don't get me wrong. This is just. I enjoy it. I mean that that that's kind of how I have fun because I, I tried to play video games while uh, we were on hiatus for a couple of days mm -hmm. here and there. Just didn't grab me. I was like, I could be doing something for the show. Yeah. And I know that probably, you know, there's a whole work-life balance thing there. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoy this. So right. I'm having fun with it as well as working. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no, I completely get it. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, uh, I you know, because I used to work uh, avionics for aviation. I used to uh, run wires and, and fix yeah, all so that Yeah, so all the wires look perfect. Yeah, all the wires are tied up real nice and neat. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's comfortable. It's so, very comfortable in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. All right, so speaking more about the show stuff, we uh, we ordered um, our biggest order by far yeah. of shirts, both of our regular shirts. Mm -hmm. And by regular, I mean we have the black, we have the orange, we have mint, and we have the brick color or clay or russet, whatever you want to call it. So the black one's new, though. I'm yes, excited to actually me too. see that. Those we'll have in our hands by the end of the week. And then our patron-only Ian O'Toole design. Yes. Heavy cardboard patron with Davis on just, Oh, it's awesome. The look on his face is awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, go to the website or look on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I've tweeted out pictures or, or just, on Facebook or whatever. He just looks so frustrated. It's He captured it perfectly. Here's the look on his face. Hmm. Yeah, literally. It's hmm. awesome. Yeah, he, he nailed it. So thanks, mm -hmm. Ian. Yes. Uh, we're actually going to have those in stock next week. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to actually have the first one of those in our hands. Super so stoked about that. Let's see what else. HeavyCon invites. The first wave got sent out. It's been a fantastic response so far. More to come on that later as things we get closer through. Teaching notes or my teaching script, I, they're my teaching notes. So uh, before I, on live streams, before I teach a game, I spend anywhere between two and four hours mm -hmm. kind of writing up a teaching script or an outline for how, to, how I'm going to teach the game during the live stream. Somebody thought it would be a good idea to make those available to patrons and so we we did and that's been that's gone over pretty it well has. I'm, it, I'm really happy with the the formatting that yeah. rob did so big props to rob yes. for doing that but yeah i think it's gone over yeah, pretty well i think so i think it's gone over really well a lot i mean i can see where people would want it if you are a teacher like i'm not so you mean game teacher uh -huh. right like, yeah. so i'm just like 
okay. But if you're going to teach a game, then that's invaluable stuff. Yeah, it's it's been pretty cool, and it's something that I have to do anyways for right. the show. So, Might as well. Yeah. All this has gone on now, and it makes it sound like we had no downtime <laughs> or anything. Well, like I said, tried to play video games for a couple days here or there. One thing I did do no. that I th- mostly enjoyed mm-hmm. was last Friday, uh, before we went over to Ash's son's birthday party, I went snowboarding. So for those that don't know, I mean, obviously, we live in Denver, right? And Mm -hmm. the Rocky Mountains are right there. So Sweater Mike uh, invited me to go up. We went up to Keystone and had a blast. Had a cracking good time, Had a, had a, a cracking, popping good time. Right. So on my first... So I've only been snowboarding including friday three times in my life Mm -hmm. so the last time was two years ago or so sounds right yeah and i used to skate when i was younger and so i figure i'd be able to pick Mm -hmm. up snowboarding a little frustrating yeah um (laughs) so on my first run i was i got up no problem i stayed up for the most part and i ride regular footed right not goofy footed so my left foot is downhill Mm -hmm. is a good way to put it now i can ride goofy i found out but i'm more comfortable regular Mm -hmm. so turning to the right no problem turning back to the left from to the right or from the right to the left yeah toe pick if you've ever seen what movie was cutting edge cutting edge right the hockey player Mm -hmm. and the figure skater right and she Right, yeah, that happened to me, and so I face planted in the snow. Not a big deal; it falls happen, right? Yeah. However, and I fell how you're supposed to. You know, you kind of tuck your arms in so you don't like mess up your shoulder or wing you know, yourself. Yeah, wing yourself exactly. However, knocked the wind out of myself, and I thought that was the end of it. No big deal. Wow, that hurt, but I'm fine. And my ribs were sore the rest of the day. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I cracked a rib or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finished the day. Did about six more runs. It's amazing what adrenaline does, yeah? Yeah, no kidding, right? (laughs) However, I was actually able to link turns, and I was able to carve, and dude, oh my, it was fantastic. (laughs) Loved it. My last run didn't fall once and was able to make it all the way down and had a blast. You got to tell the story. What, what, of the little that? of the little girl. Oh, oh! Thanks for bringing that up. It's cute. All right. So midway through the day, whatever. Right. I I fell as you do as when you you're do. learning, and so um, it's easier for me to get up backwards, meaning to where my butt and my back is basically downhill to where I'm pushing up. Okay. Uh, from my knees and standing up on the snowboard, mm-hmm. as opposed to getting up front side, I have a real hard time with mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. which. I still I, I learned to do, but I still struggle with it just from a balance standpoint. Last time I did this two years ago, couldn't do it because I was too fat because I weighed 254 pounds. <laughs> However, I don't now and I can do it. And that's pretty awesome. Anyway, so I fell and okay, no big deal, right? And I'm just kind of <sighs> taking, taking a breather, taking mm-hmm. a moment. I'm on my knees. So I'm kind of like... I'm facing up the hill, right, getting ready to get up, and this little girl, I'm not kidding, somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six years old, comes down on skis like it's her job. (laughs) She slows down next to me. Are you okay? (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. It was adorable, right? And I couldn't even be mad. I was just like, I'm fine. Thanks. But, and Mike is, so Sweater Mike, yeah, so he skis, he doesn't snowboard, and he's 
truly a expert level yeah. skier, like double black diamond, no problem mm-hmm. for him. So he basically babysat kind of and, and, and worked with me throughout the whole day. And he was kind of standing there and was just like, that's both hilarious and just the most adorable thing <laughs> ever happened. And it was, yeah. Just, so, I mean, whatever. it is, it, they're made of rubber at that age. So well, that's when you need on, to it's, learn it's to do that stuff. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But it's not that they're made of rubber. It's, they don't have fear. They don't fear the pain yeah, that the rest of us know yeah. is going to come. Yeah, they when, don't care. Yeah, when you're going 20, 25 miles an hour down right. the hill and you, Topic. Right. Yeah, that, that hurts a lot. Or, you know, whatever, you're at the base of some stairs and you ask a grown up to throw a squishy ball so you can catch it. And she hits you in the eye. And then you cry. That didn't happen to me. Sorry, Amanda, but that was funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So snowboarding overall was great. It was a great time. Yes, I cracked a couple ribs and it hurts like hell. I, yeah. My right side, I, I sleep with a pillow curled up to where I can't roll over. So I sleep on my left side. My poor my guy. Back, and that's it. And so I was really worried. That night when I laid on my side and that was a special kind of pain. So I looked it up on WebMD and I'm paraphrasing because it didn't use this exact <laughs> verbiage, but it was close. Basically, enjoy the suck for the next six weeks. Well, it was WebMD, so I'm surprised it didn't tell you you didn't have the cancer. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so the good news out of all this is, A, as Bev says, I didn't die. Yay! So congrats there. <laughs> but cracked ribs or not? didn't dissuade me from I, i'm like super excited to get and back I'm up glad. on the mountain so, i'm terrified but i'm glad yeah now now i just realized that i need clothes that fit new me and not two years ago yeah because my snowboarding pants and jacket kind of swimming on them a little bit uh, uh, a bit good problem to have though don't get me wrong right <laughs> so yeah so the snowboarding um good just not for the next six weeks How's that? <laughs> okay so going from snow to sun mm-hmm. next month sounds like we're going to the arizona game fair it's sure now, now on the schedule so february 9th to 11th down in phoenix if you are in the area come by yeah definitely come to the fair we'll play some games yeah. and if you're not in the area you still should go absolutely andrew puts on our last year we went it was fun as uh, the special guests yeah and this year we're going as other special guests. <laughs> uh, but no, looking forward to it. Um, it wasn't something that we were planning on doing this mm-hmm. year. Just we didn't think it was going to be financially viable. However, uh, the Arizona Game Fair is helping us out. Yes. So we're able to make it. We're so, so excited. Yeah, we're stoked for it. So yeah. I was bummed that I, that we weren't going to get to go. So I'm very You were happy. bummed that we were? Weren't oh, going to I get was, to go. Oh, wow. You're no, bummed no, no. that we're going to No, Phoenix? I was bummed when we weren't going to get to go. And now that we are, I'm very happy. We get to eat at the Blue Plate Adobe place or whatever. Yeah, Blue Adobe, I think it's called. <sighs> Pretty good food. Yeah, that Brian, was really good. tell us on Twitter what it's actually called. I can't remember. I know yeah. it's got Adobe in it. St- it's so for that. good. On top of that, we got lots of other cool things coming up. We have lots of cool reviews. We got some first looks, top sixes. Also got some me- mechanism and designer features, playthroughs, and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, so both both formats, both the podcast and the YouTube channel are going to be rocking this yeah. year. There's going to be some strategy stuff. Not sure what format we're going to use, whatever's going to be best mm-hmm. for that. And we have a lot of other ideas. We're going to have more guest hosts as mm-hmm. a third chair. Just going to be a lot of exciting stuff coming up this yeah. year. So thanks for staying aboard for 
what's to come. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking of what's coming, Turin Market Reprint is crushing right now. <laughs> over $6,000 of a $3,000 goal. Yay! Awesome to see this little game get this kind of traction. Very, very cool. And Jordan told us that he got Travis Hill over at Low Player Account to do the rules. So, yay. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a bartering goose variant inspired by a story that Kleiker told Jordan when he over breakfast, breakfast. when we were when Jordan was here in town. <laughs> Which so that is awesome. I'm, I'm stoked about I, I don't know the details on it, it was, so we'll see. It was so funny. Kleiker was telling the story and Jordan's eyes just kind of glazed over. And after Kleiker was done, he was like, I'm trying to figure out a way to put this into a game. And I guess he figured it out. I guess he figured it out. On top of that, there's going to be a reverse goods payout chart as well. So just because the game's doing so well, he's adding in a couple of extra little bonus things. Nice. Not changing the core game because why? It's right. fantastic there's the way it was. no need to. So pretty cool. Other notes here. Chris Phillips has been doing some Age of Steam map redraws. We'll link the geek list that he made over on BGG. Pretty good looking redraws. So have a gander if you are so inclined. Since we've been gone for a while, we have acquired a couple things. You want to talk about them? Yeah, the the games that we've gotten, sure. We got a prototype as well as review copy of Tokyo Metro. Mm -hmm. We got the same thing for Australia. Australia with a Z. Australia. It's, yeah, Australia. <laughs> it's uh, supposed to be the spiritual successor of A Steady and Emerald from Martin Wallace, okay. and it's by Martin Wallace, so... Excited to look into that. Speaking of Martin Wallace, earlier today, mm -hmm. we got from Gray Fox Games, we got a review copy of A Handful of Stars. Mm -hmm. Then we got a couple of games on loan. Yeah. <laughs> so our good buddy, Tommy, over at Meeple Realty, sponsor of the show, mm -hmm. sent us Rising Sun. Now, this is a game that's not normally would be in our wheelhouse, cool mini or not, minis, negotiation, dudes on a map game. Mm -hmm. However, it's Rising Sun, and he offered it, and I was like, yeah, we'll do a playthrough of it. Let's hook it up. Sure. So we're going to do that next week. So look for that next week. That's kind of cool. Also, skipping Let Us Borrow StarCraft. Way out of print, so keeping with the theme. So it's supposed to be the granddaddy of Forbidden Stars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that, that we really enjoyed Forbidden Stars. Yeah. He said, so do you want to try this one and maybe do a, play, a playthrough of it or a review of it down the road? I was like, yeah. So he's going to give it to us for the next handful of months. Yes. And when we get Whenever. to it, we get yeah. to it. So there's that. Also got a couple of games from Artana. We got the Einstein with the Genius expansion. So Einstein in and of itself really didn't grab me. The Genius expansion makes it sound like it's going to be a pretty cool little okay. kind of lighter filler-ish game, but something that would fit in our wheelhouse. Well, so. and, I, and I have to say that the uh, the cartoon drawing of Einstein on the cover is adorable. Right. And all the artwork's like that. So I figured you would probably I, like enjoy it. that. So there's that. Yep. And on top of that, we got Tesla versus Edison Duel. I wasn't really super keen on the base game however this duel being the two-player game it's uh -huh. sounded pretty cool uh when i saw it at bgg so we got a review copy of that so we're going to be looking at that gaia project came in london second edition the 2017 age of steam maps from albin the clans of caledonia insert from meeple realty mm -hmm. we got a dice tray from 
the aforementioned Mr. Dinger. Yes. And last but not least, we got our secret elephant gifts. Yay! So pretty stoked about that. In fact, you're probably going to see both of them for sure on a live stream, possibly on reviews on both of them. So the one, I guess, was intended for me? Yeah, maybe? it was addressed to you. It said to Edward on it. Okay, and it was the... Uh, Enemy Coast Ahead, the Doolittle Raid. So pretty stoked about that. And I, I was completely floored. I was not expecting to get a gift because to me, you signed up for the Secret Elephant. I didn't. Gotcha. So I wasn't right. expecting to get one, but I got one. It was the new Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. So and excited. I think, I think that would be interesting to live stream. Now, I realize that if we do it, we're going to ruin well, one of... Well, you have to of, say spoiler all over yeah, it. Yeah, and just be like, look, if you're going to watch it, this is you know, yeah. one of the however many cases that are in there mm-hmm. are going to be quote-unquote ruined right. for you. But yeah, I think that would be cool and, and hopefully do reviews of both of those. I think, I think it'd that be would be fun. I think so. So yeah, pretty, pretty cool little yeah. group of games here. Pretty good, diverse group. I'm excited to play... Just about all of those. The Enemy Coast Ahead, I'm a little yeah, about because it's a war game. I'm not comfortable with those yet, but I'm excited about everything else. Cool. All right. With all of that, is there anything that you're still looking for right now? To play more games and get back into the saddle? <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I'm going to be doing the 2018 Anticipation Geek List probably next week. But as it is right now, not really. I mean, it's it's downtime right, right now as far as there's not a lot of releases coming mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. anytime soon. There's a handful of Kickstarters that are going to be coming. Brazil's going to be starting up eventually. Right. And there's, well, there's a whole bunch of them. But overall, not really. Kind of still catching up from all the all the Essen games that uh, have come out, well, that we picked up at yeah. Essen, as well as everything that well we just listed that has been since christmas so yeah no um not really anticipating anything in particular right now just looking forward to playing all of that stuff so, yeah basically yeah when you look at what are they looking forward to playing all of them yes and if i haven't said it on the podcast one of the things that um i did mention at least i think in the guild social media on slack something like that I made a commitment to log all of my plays this year, and so far, I have stuck with that. Yes, Yay! I realize we're just over a week into the year, but hey, baby steps. <laughs> I just fell out of it using BG stats. Yeah, well, it's hard when a lot of your plays are on live streams. That makes it, because what are you going to do? Be like, hold up, guys, I need to put in the score. You know, you're not going to do that. So you have to make a point to watch it after and get the score. Or, or maybe we... No, I'm just kidding. But no, I, I get that. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm still gonna make I may not get it I didn't promise I would get too many details on the <laughs> game in there. I just said I would log the game. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. That's all you can do. We love hearing from y'all and interacting yeah, we with <laughs> interacting with our fellow elephants. So if you'd like to reach out to us, head on over to heavycardboard.com. You'll find our email and social media accounts and stuff. If you'd like to call and leave us voicemail, with the caveat we might use it on the show. And by might likely call us, people. Call Hit us, us up. 720-675-8975. Again, at 720-675-8975. Big thank you to our sponsor, BoardGameTables.com. If you're in the market for a customized, one-of-a-kind board game table, go check them out, BoardGameTables.com. 
So about that Pixie Queen, she's a bitch. Boy, ain't she. <laughs> so Pixie Queen, published 2017, designed by Rudy Centurion. Artwork by Jock Art and published by Game Brewer. Plays two to five in 60 to 120 minutes. There's no current U.S. publisher or distributor. I've heard some rumor about people wanting to get it, this and that, but as it is right now, there isn't one. As far as plays and player counts, we've played it across the entire two to five mm-hmm. range. And I think I have five or six plays. I you have, have about... I think I have about five. Yeah. We don't know because we don't log plays. Now we do. We we didn't log right. plays. What's going on, Pixie Queen? See, at this point, normally, I spend some time writing up a brief synopsis of the game. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, I really like the way this was written up in the rule book. So, yeah, here, I'm just going to read this. Bear with me. Pixies are naughty little mythical creatures, which are mainly found in the region around Cornwall and Devon. They cheat and steal from people all the time. They do this not just for their own amusement, but mainly out of fear of their own queen who rules her people like a true tyrant, demanding the constant offerings be made to her. Two to five players will take on the role of pixie leaders trying to outdo each other in satisfying their queen. Each round, they will collect silver, gold, and food and offer them to the queen. You will be rewarded for giving her golden rings, surprising her with a special offering, or becoming one of her loyal palace servants. However, the queen is not so easily satisfied. She will give penalty points, or as we like to call them, whips. To those that work the least throughout each round. To do well, you must try to get as few penalty points as possible. At the end of the game, the punishment can be eased by the reward points you've collected along the way. If you manage to end the game with a positive result, you did very well. So at its core, it's an action selection worker placement game with a fair bit of take that and a theme that fits perfectly. Yes. All right, let's discuss the five factors that we think give a game its weight. Start with complexity. I don't feel that the rules are complex. I feel that they're not hard to follow or remember, but it's not mechanically complex either, but it can be hard to remember every single thing that you're able to do. Like, I always forget that I can, I like to say, throw apples at the other pixies to knock them down. I think you're supposed to be bribing them, but in my in my head, they're throwing apples at each other. Um I always forget that I can do that. There's little things that you can do that you have to maybe play it a couple of times before it really gets ingrained because there's not a player aid. There, There is, but it's inside the, the player screen. And because it tilts forward, you're not really mm-hmm. looking at that too often. I get that. And with it being a worker placement game, there are 26 or so different worker placement spots. All of them are pretty basic in nature, but that's a lot of stuff to keep in yeah. your head. Like, okay, this does this, but I can also go here to yeah. be able to do that, et cetera, et cetera. So the game's not hard to grasp, and it's procedural because there's either four or five phases mm-hmm. in each of the seven rounds. So mechanically, I don't feel like it's too difficult. Mm-mm. It's just there's a lot of information. Yeah. There's a lot of options yes. there. Yes. So which kind of rolls into the second one, which mm-hmm. is planning. Do not neglect in-game scoring. You know, I've heard that from somebody, and by somebody I mean Sweater Mike, he, yes. who always says that if the game offers in-game scoring or in-game scoring bonuses, mm-hmm. 
don't neglect those. Yeah. And and that's very much true in this. You absolutely cannot not make rings or additional offerings or become a faithful servant of the queen and expect to win. Yeah, you, just, you can't. You those have three to. main paths, which we're going to talk about more later on, those three main paths, you have to do some of it because it's easy to kind of get a food engine going to where you have all these yeah. cool, all this good food to be able to race up the silver or gold tracks that are in the game. But however, you have to actually get and gain points because the game spends the entire game beating you down mm-hmm. and taking points with from you. I mean, the game starts at positive 20, or it, the track, you start at zero, but the track goes from positive 20 down to negative 60. Yeah. You're going to spend the entire game. In the negative. Well, except for zero for the first few moments of the game, yeah. but you're going to spend the entire game negative points. So the only way you're getting victory points is by doing one of those three things that you mentioned. And you also can't just focus on one of those because that's easy to do as well, to just focus on making rings or just focus on racing up to be the loyal servant. You you can't. You have to have a balance of all of that stuff, which requires a lot of planning to it, do. That's true. And the reason you can't, because especially in the higher player counts, um, other people are going to be going for these things. Mm-hmm. And there's only seven of each reward. So over the course of seven rounds you're probably not going to get all seven. right? So therefore, you better be able to diversify, and to be able to do that, you have to plan. So yeah, I mm-hmm. would say this is where the majority of the weight for this game comes yes, from. Yes, definitely. Moving on to luck and random factors, I see it as really there are three aspects of, of luck or, or randomness. what I have as well. Let's see if they're the same. So there's random mitigatable draws from the mining bag, mm-hmm. whether you get rocks, you get silver, or you get gold. Right. And as I said, they are mitigatable. They are. The queen's food demands each round. Yes. You won't know right until you're about to make an offering to the queen what it is of the three types of food, whether it's honey, apples, or bread, what she's going to want. And the game comes with nine tiles, three of each type, and you shuffle them up and discard two without looking. So you never know. Yep, up until right before you make the yeah, offer. Yeah, and the only way that you would know is if one of the types three came out. That's the only way you would know True. if that one was completely done. And the last one is two of the worker spots, worker placement spots that involve rolling a die, but you choose to go there to roll the die. So yes, it's a it's a six sided die and it's a giant die, but you're choosing to roll the dice by you going are. there, right? So I actually had a different third one. Um, the permanent ability tiles. There's different ones of those. Fair point, but that's part of setup. And so there, there are multiple. So I think there's eight or nine of those. And so only six of them are mm-hmm. put out every game. And then there's the bonus tiles, which you could replace. And those six are the same six that are available. That was a Kickstarter only thing, though. Ah, good call. All those fit thematically and they're thematically viable, I would say. Yeah. And I don't feel like it negatively detract or it doesn't detract from the weight no. because of all of those you can you can actually mitigate all of them mm-hmm. including the queen's food demands even though you won't know you can still have all three of them plan better yeah seriously so that moves on to the game length which for me felt completely appropriate for the number of players and the decision space yes. i don't feel like it's adding or subtracting nope. it's just it's it felt it's what right. it is yeah, yeah. It I plays, agree with that. Plays exceptionally fast with two and three. It does. By the way, really does. 
last but not least, we have the getting it. How long does it take to really grok the game? I'd say just getting the basics down, one full round. But seeing how in-game scoring works is nice, but it's not needed to understand how to play the game. I agree, and definitely agree on at least one round. I, I said a couple for the simple fact that you need to be able to see how the blind bidding and the penalty phase impacts the rest of the game, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But yeah, so ultimately, no more than a couple of rounds no. overall. Ultimately, what weight range do you think it falls? I think it's mid-weight. Yeah, and so here... For some reason, I use Rococo as like my baseline for all midweight <laughs> games. So basing the amount of options that you have in this versus a game like Rococo, mm-hmm. I feel like it might be a hair heavier yeah. than Rococo, but it's not heavy by any stretch. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even say it's medium heavy. It's just, you know. There's gradients of midweight. Oh, yeah. I would say it's one gradient higher than a Rococo, if you will. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the components here. They're all solid, good, chunky bits. The board's linen finished, which is nice. Yep. The uh, the cardboard chits are also, they're nice and thick. The player screens are good. They're not like, you know, floppy and fall over. Well, not only that, but the player screens hold up to repeated plays. I mean, we've played the game five, six times and... They still They're, are perfect. They yeah. still, you can, un, you know, unfold them to put them back in the box and they still pop right back together. And yeah, it's real. They're really nice. There are custom pixie pieces and mm-hmm. the food resources, which are all wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the printed pixie queen bag for mining draws, which are is big enough for those of us with larger hands, which is always appreciated. And as we mentioned, the player screens, but they Mm -hmm. also double as a player aid, which you could always just kind of tilt it up to look at it if you need. But if you're me, you completely flip it over and then everybody sees what you're hiding. Well, then that's that's an Amanda issue. Not obviously. Not all Amandas. It is a this Amanda. Amanda Euler issue. Yes. There's more than one of us, but it's probably only me. (laughs) So minor quibble, though, on the components. The bases of the Pixies... So the pixies are all very, uh, you know, distinct. And yeah, I, you I can like... tell it's a pixie. Right. However, the bases of the pixies are square, and they don't fit into the worker placement locations that they're supposed to go into, nor do they fit correctly into the spots on the mine where they, quote-unquote, right. live or start the game at. Why not make them fit the locations or choose larger cubes instead of round discs for the action discs? You could call them action cubes then. Um, Details like this, I feel like, are an oversight that shouldn't be over. It it shouldn't happen. Right. And again, it's a minor quibble, but attention to detail like that, to me, really matters. Right. And that's understandable. The box is a square. It's 11 and three quarters inches by 11 and three quarters (laughs) inches by just under three inches or... 30 by 30 by 7 centimeters for those across. Right everywhere but us. Graphic design? What do you have, ma'am? I have that it's it is consistent all the way through. Every That is that is true. Every single piece of the graphic design is goes from top to bottom, the rule book, the player aid, the the board, everything is the same, which is nice. It is. However, theme plays a really big part in this game, so the board tends to be busier than I would like it. 
It's very busy. It's busy and it's dark. Yeah. All right. However, the spots are clearly marked and the background does fade as you play it. However, it's when you look at it, you're like, wow, that's a lot of stuff yeah. going on. And you actually have to, oh, these are the worker placement locations. Okay, got it. The no. first time you play, you have to look for stuff. Right. But after you've played it, you are you can see it does. It does fade into the background. Yeah. So there's that. Some of the symbology also requires you to go back and reference mm-hmm. in the rule book. But the rule book's done well. More on that in a minute. Overall, I would say it's decent graphic design. Mm-hmm. Consistent. Consistent and decent. However... Yeah. I, I feel like a little bit of form trumped function here in that the theme, because it's important in this game, I felt it could have been done a little bit different graphic design wise just to make the worker placement spots stand out a little bit more than they okay. do. That's fair. Definitely fair. And going along with that, the artwork is spot on. Yeah, they, it absolutely nails the theme. Yes. Although I would say that it's almost a little too lighthearted for as mean as the game can be, both between the players and between the player and the game. But I still, I think that... I like the artwork, don't get me wrong. I don't think that that should matter. I mean, it's... The score track are whips. I mean, what are you expecting? <laughs> no, and I, I, I dig the little little touches in artwork like that mm. or little ladders to get out of the mines yeah. or stuff like that. So I appreciate or the tiny, little touches. Tiny little chains for the rocks. You know, just the little details that was in the art is impressive and good. It, it is. So, yeah, I am a fan of the artwork. Mm-hmm. So even though I feel like the graphic design could have been a touch better overall, Big fan of the artwork. Yeah, definitely. And the rule book. Overall, pretty pleased with the rule book. There are a couple of points that could have been clarified for the two-player game. And there's one misprint in the setup, which got me uh, during our, our playthrough of the game. But outside of that, game's really quite easily played straight from the rule book. It's good both for learning and for referencing. And it has the actions for all the worker placement locations explained at the back of the mm-hmm. rule book. So big fan of that. And we also, like I said, did a teach and playthrough of the game. So you can always check that out. Set up, tear down, teaching and stuff. How's that going? It Set up and tear down, not too taxing. Uh, setting up the different three types of the reward tiles at the top of the board is really the only, I hesitate like to use tedious. Ish. But yeah, it's really not a big deal. And you bag up each player's components uh, along with two of every resource. Well, not gold, but anyway. And not honey, and, yeah. and pretty simple setup, to be honest. Teaching is really straightforward as well. You do a quick overview of the mechanisms and the goal of the game and the two endgame triggers. Then briefly hit the board in the locations. Save the details for those later. Then go through the five potential phases of the game which the stealing phase which is basically get resources Mm -hmm. then the worker placement phase then the offering which is the blind bidding then depending on what players blind bid you may go into a reward phase and then you definitely are going to hit the penalty phase every round then go over the individual worker placement locations and what they do re-emphasize the offering phase then Begin Done. play and have fun. Yeah, it's not a hard teach, I don't feel like. Nah. All right. So what makes the game enjoyable for you and me? Well, 
the planning aspect of trying to be ready for every outcome of the queen's food demands each round. <laughs> I love that. Like, being prepared for each eventuality is fun, and it's also fun to try and see if you can not meet the queen's demands and still get the reward phase. And I will say it's much easier to do that at a higher player count. It is. that it That is a fact. Now, I know that usually... When theme is the first thing that I mention, that doesn't bode well for the game. Not the case here. Right. So for, I wanted to lead off with the theme. The theme absolutely fits, and I enjoyed the, I don't know, mischievous nature, yeah. I guess, of the game. I mean, the Pixie Queen, she's a serious bitch. Yes. Let's get that out of the way. I mean, hell, you let in with it with that. <laughs> she hands out punishment in the form of whippings. I mean, holy shit, people. Damn! <laughs> the score track, as I mentioned, runs from positive 20 to negative 60. And you can't exactly have humans banished to the mines and chained to the mines no. and not catch hell for it. So having mythological creatures makes sense. Plus, as Amanda alluded to earlier, throwing apples or bribing with apples to replace a higher promoted pixie with one of your own. Pretty awesome. And let's not t forget about chaining your opponent's pixies into the mines by tying them down to rocks with their, by their ankles that they have to remove those rocks before they can get out of the mines. Right. I mean, dude, that is seriously, seriously dark. It is. But it's But fun. it's cute because it's pixies, yeah, right? Yeah. So don't judge the theme or don't discount the game. It has to be what it is to be able to make this work, to make this happen. The whole serious gamers or in serious games need serious themes, not nah. so much, I would say. Keeping your pixies moving up and down and eventually up to the loyal servant track. There's, I mean, and there's benefit there while you're moving up because the higher up you are, the closer you get to the queen, the better goods you steal during the stealing phase. Right. And it gives you, it, which gives you more flexibility right. in everything that you're going to do. Yeah. The, on the very first layer, you might get, you get one good, one, then, then two, two, then three, three then, then four. four and yeah. then finally you're the loyal servant yeah. and congrats, you get victory points. However, on the flip side of that is awesome. You got victory points, which you're going to need for end game scoring to recover all those points you're going to lose throughout mm -hmm. the game. But on the flip side of that is you start with, X amount of pixies, whether it's three, four, or five. It depends on player count. Once one of them becomes a loyal servant, you lose that pixie. And that pixie does a few things for you. It not only allows you to make the locations that where a pixie is only cost one action disc as opposed to two, but it also hurts you in a sense that it lowers your workforce in the mine yeah. because whenever you take the mining action to be able to draw into that bag to get silver and gold, hopefully, or rocks, <laughs> which you then get to chain other players' pixies to the mine. So you draw less out of that and, and you don't get those pixies back. They're forever in the castle and that's it. You lose them. They're out of the game. Yeah, you, you not only lose them in those two places, but you also lose them out on the board while they're moving up. You don't, you're not getting those resources during the stealing phase either. And... That's something easy to overlook mm -hmm. that, oh, yeah, I'm going to get all these resources. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, no, you're not. I, I promoted that one that last turn yeah. got me four resources. Oh, crap. And now getting me none. Mm -hmm. And, oh, how am I going? Now I have to waste more actions to be able to do that. Yep. 
And on that note, most of the worker placement locations require two of your only four available action discs. You have seriously limited actions mm -hmm. in this game. Makes each one very, very important. I also love whenever you're able to nail exactly what the queen wants for her food demand or not getting any rocks while mining. It's just like a little like fist pump, like, yes. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> and we already talked about swapping places with another pixie. It's just such a funny visual to me to see one pixie. Like I visualize her like throwing an apple at the other one, knocking it back down into the mine and cackling. Or if you're less bloodthirsty than that, you could see him as throwing it like, ooh, there's an apple. I'm starving because the queen doesn't feed me. Let me go get this apple while someone else takes my spot. Oh, wait. Oh, that. Or throw it and knock him down. Or you, you're giving because you're, you're paying the resources, the apples, mm -hmm. back to the bank, right? Back to the supply. Yeah. So thematically, you could think of it as a, uh, hey, queen. Here's a here's an apple. You want to uh Amanda's pixie right there hasn't been pulling her weight. Here, why don't you um send her send her back to the mine? Right. Me? There's there's lots of ways to think I, about it. All of them are dark though, yeah. which it I, I love the narrative and, and this kind of ties in with when Tony and I were playing Maneuver, he was talking about how you could kind of have with the randomness in that game. You know, maybe there was too much smoke because it's muskets, right? right? So there's lots of smoke. So you can kind of make the own your own narrative in your head, which normally isn't really a big deal. But if you're going to play this game, it really it comes through so well. And again, going back to that theme, it's integrated and it's such a core component to this game that, yeah, it, it's it's fun to to not role play or anything like that. That's it's just. You can thematic, you not big leaps no. on how these things are happening. No, not at all. Like whenever I first mentioned to you that I felt like they were being thrown, the apples were being thrown, you were like, no, they're just bribes. I'm like, no, they're throwing them. <laughs> exactly. So you can kind of get caught up in the theme in the best way possible, yep. I would say. Turn order in this game is a really, really big deal mm -hmm. being first is a huge advantage in that you get your first choice of worker placement locations each turn obviously right there's a way to copy a double action space disc space so if i'm first and i take the location that amanda wants she can at, at, at the expense of whippings she can copy that space so no harm no foul however there are a lot a handful of really important spaces that are single action discs. Yep. And you can't copy those save for one of the special tiles in the mini expansion. So outside of that, so for the most part, that's not available. Being first really, really matters for that. Also, you're the first to promote your pixies. If there is a reward phase, only one pixie can be promoted to that loyal servant location each turn. So first is really important. Yep. You can displace other players' pixies by throwing apples. Or whatever. Or, or whatever, however you want to play that out in your head. But if you're first, no one's messed with your pixies. Yep. In addition to that, they're immune to banishment to the mines. So there are two ways to change turn order in this game. One, one player per round can spend honey resources to move up in player order. 
However, that takes place starting next turn. Yep. Doesn't help you this turn. The way that does help you this turn is one player can jump into first for the rest of this turn. But what's the cost for that? You have to use all of your action discs. Or all of your remaining mm-hmm. action discs. So the question is, do you, you know what, for my first action here, I'm going to use all four of my action discs. Boom. That, that way I can get promoted first, provided there's a rewards phase. Good to go. Yeah. Fine. Or you roll the dice, so to speak, and do it later. But then, especially in the higher player count games, somebody might gank that spot. Right. Yep. You know what? Plan better. Exactly. Anticipate that. Or don't gamble and take it earlier. Mm-hmm. But it's completely up to you. So turn order not only plays a really big part, but there's going to be a it's going to be a very contentious thing. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. It's something to fight over instead of, oh, okay, we passed the duchy, you're next, you're the first player. Next. Right. One aspect of this is reading the other players because... Oh, yeah. Yes, because especially whenever the queen's demand is revealed, you have to try to figure out whether you can get by... With not paying what she wants, with paying in silver or gold to move up those tracks, but that doesn't happen unless another player is giving her the food she wants. So in lower player counts, that's difficult. Yeah, and this is where that whole if there's a reward phase comes in. If, like in most things in life, rewards are not guaranteed. There's a blind bidding. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have three options. You either offer the queen the food that she demands for that round, being bread, apples, or honey, or you can offer gold and silver. If you offer food, guaranteed a reward phase for everybody, as long as one player in the game, whether it's two player or five player, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. As long as one player offers the food that the queen demands, whoever offered the food gets promotions and guaranteed that there's going to be a reward phase. And keep in mind also that the number of the food that you give is the number of promotions that you get. Yeah, and on top of that, like if she demands apples, you can't use those apples to then throw at nope. your opponents to demote them and take their place. Because the queen's already sw- eaten them. Exactly. So <laughs> you better hold some back Yeah. if that's what you're planning on doing. Yep. Again, plan better. So if you offer silver and gold, there's no guaranteed reward phase however you go up that sil- the silver and gold tracks respectively which gives you a better exchange rate for victory points and less punishment mm-hmm. but if no player selects food boom no reward phase and the kicker everybody that offered silver and gold which is going to be everybody if there's no reward phase they all lose all that yep so uh glory to rome or <laughs> the queen this kind of goes back to what you were saying that it requires players to take stock into what each player is more inclined mm-hmm. to do. So you're playing the players as much as anything here. Plus, offering the most gold and silver gets a double bump on the tracks. Unless you're tied, then you didn't offer the most. Yeah. So you just wasted resources and you only go up once mm-hmm. on the track. Whoops. And and one way that I've found to kind of maybe try to get like an inside glance baseball type thing with the different players is... Whenever you go mining, you have to show what you got. Yeah, you should hide it, but you have to show what you got. So if you don't really, if you remember that no one really, that person really didn't go mining, then there's a good chance they're probably going to give the food. Unless they got 
unless Got they're it. hoarding so, it. Yeah. Or, or it, there, there are locations available to be able to get silver out on a bo- board right. or you can exchange goods for silver. Mm-hmm. So, But all it's of this not, is, it's all, all out in the open. You can't, is. you can't, like you can't go behind your player screen and then do stuff like that. So Yeah, it's all out in the open, yeah. except, it, I mean, there's hidden trackable information as far yeah. as the resources that you've acquired. But However, you have to remember that. Right. So there's a handful of different winning paths. Not a ton, mind you, because like we referenced earlier, if there's endgame points, you probably ought to focus on the endgame points. Mm-hmm. So there's only three options, but all require different things. So there's a various mix of resource track on the special offering. You start with four resources on it that you have to spend to get the reward. And those increase as the game goes along. However many resources are on that special offering, you have to offer that many plus one. Yep. The plus one is what you're adding for the next time mm-hmm. somebody takes that special offering. And then you get the victory point shit that's furthest on the left. And that increases as the game goes along. And that's the only one that increases. Correct. Becoming a loyal servant, which means getting your promoted, your pixie promoted to the loyal servant spot, which is five promotions from the mines, that incentive decreases from 10 to 4 as the game progresses. So it pays to brand nose. Kind of, Do yeah. pixies brown nose? I don't know. I guess these do. If I've never met a pixie, so I can't tell you. Fair point. All right. And then the last one is making golden rings for the pixie queen, which you turn gold into rings based on where you want the gold track, mm-hmm. which the silver track allows you to turn transmutate, I guess, yeah. uh, silver into gold at a certain you know, uh, one to one, two to one, three to one, four to exactly. one. Exactly. And then the gold track allows you to turn gold into okay. rings. And you can only turn it into one ring, and then you get 10, 9, 8, mm-hmm. whatever's available. So the question is, do you spend your resources on those options, or do you save it to move up on the gold and silver tracks and or to promote your pixies in the reward phase? So it's you need those endgame points, but you also need these resources to be able to move up those tracks. It's a delicate and balance. It really, and to get your pixies promoted. Yeah. It's a hugely delicate balance. And the balance of the offering loyal servant and golden ring rewards with not losing a ton of points. I mean, it can it can easily get out of hand one way or the other. Because like, if you focus on just those, then you'll lose a lot of points for whips. But if you don't focus on the the main rewards you're not going to get any in-game points so you're either going to get whipped a ton and hopefully make up some of those points or not get whipped very much and not have hardly any in-game points because you during the penalty phase you lose points up to a maximum of two for every pixie that you have in the mine Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you have five pixies in the mine well you still only lose two points but you're getting whipped twice so you move down two points. Then on the gold and silver track, you start out to where you're getting whipped three times each each track. Yep. Meaning you're probably on the first turn, you're likely to get whipped up to eight times. Yes. So that's minus eight points. You start at zero. Mm-hmm. So seven, seven turns in the game, you get whipped. Yeah. At least a handful of times. And so those just accumulate. Like those never reset. No. And there's no way to really gain points during the game it's all in-game scoring so you slowly but surely work towards the pit of oblivion yeah you do which if you ever make it to minus 60 you go watch tv Mm -hmm. because you have failed 
you've become such a disgrace of a pixie leader that you're banished and you're out of the game. <laughs> but seriously, you had no chance anyway, right. so boo on you. Then there's the end game penalty for being a resource hoarder. <laughs> so resources are piece limited, so you can deny opponents resources, especially at higher player counts. Yeah. This is the one aspect that doesn't scale. However many resources that are in a five-player game, same in two-player mm-hmm. game. So they are piece limited. But if you have the most or you're tied for the most left over at the end of the game, you get penalized for it. Every resource like that is penalized. So each type of food, which there's three, plus silver and gold. So potentially you could get whipped 15 times if you did a really bad job of that. And the kicker here is if the game offers you resources at a worker placement location or during the stealing phase if you have a food tile... You can't say, nah, I'm all set. No, you cannot deny it. You have to take it. So getting a big food tile that gives you more resources during the game is awesome until it's not. Mm -hmm. Because then there's only one spot on the board that allows you to throw away food. Yep. And you can only do it three at a time. Yep. So plan better. Mm. So yeah, it's awesome to get all these resources. You better be spending them or else it's going to hurt a lot lot, at the end of the game. A lot. So yeah, there's a lot to like in this game. But on the flip side, yeah. just like getting on the Pixie Queen's bad side, what do you not dig? <laughs> I don't mind it, but I will say that some people may have a problem with the fact that just about all of the scoring is negative. I mean, I think it's hysterical and it fits the theme perfectly, but that can be a turnoff to some people, I would think. Yeah, finishing with less victory points than you started with was totally fine with us. Yeah, like, oh, I I won with negative four points. Yeah, seriously, like in every game with four or five players, nobody has eclipsed zero points. Mm -mm. So I guess like war games, the best option is to not play because you start (laughs) at zero, right? Uh, Oh, hey, I didn't suck as bad as you. All right, awesome. I don't mind that. No, not at all. However, it's something to be aware of. And the game hates you. Yeah. And the other players hate you too. So it really, really can be nasty. But it can feel mean. And honestly, I think the designers and developers and publishers could have made this game meaner than they did. And I feel like they toned it down a hair and I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. Like, they could have really taken this to a real punishing place. And they chose not to, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's there's prerogative. So there's blind bidding. I personally love the aspect because you have to use your best judgment on what each player is going to choose as an offering. Yeah. And you have to play the players mm-hmm. and have to have just pay attention to what everyone is doing on every action. Yep. So that keeps you into the game. But... That kind of leads into the hidden trackable information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't like it, don't play with the screens. That's that's up yeah, to you. End, yeah. I haven't seen it as a problem myself, Mm-mm. but those two kind of tie into one another. Some people aren't going to like the blind bidding. Some people aren't going to like the HTI. You know what? Change what it want. if you don't like it. But I think it fits for everything too. that it does. Yeah, I do too. Because, I mean, you're not going to let your other leaders know what you're doing. You know, that's it's thematic. Yep. Our, and on BGG, in his comment about the game, our friend Pastor Mora, he said, he called it a point diet. Because he said, it's like a point salad, but you're subtracting points. <laughs> I thought that was funny. 
So after our playthrough of this, in Slack, some of the folks were talking about that you're playing as much against the game as you are the players. If you do not move your pixies from out of the mines, the game punishes you by taking points. If you don't move up the gold and silver tracks, the game really punishes you by taking more points and giving you more whippings. This isn't the type of game where the game gets out of the way for the players to simply try and outplay each other. The game itself involves itself in the gameplay, and some folks aren't going to be keen on that. Yeah. But, again, for what this is, I I don't see a problem for that. I mean, for me, a game that is this length, you know, 90 minutes to two hours, that type of thing isn't going to bother me. Now, if this is a four-hour game that's going to eat up most of my game day, that's one thing. But this is... So you don't want something to be just like a stand-up die roll after four... right? plus hours yeah like oh great awesome you know no i want my decisions to get to get me to that place but a game that's about pixies that's fun that you're whipping people and throwing apples at each other that i'm gonna be a little bit more forgiving about okay that fair enough it can be a little bit of a race because you're racing to get up to a loyal servant area the fastest right to be able to get those victory points who can make the gold rings the fastest he can be the most efficient, who can get enough goods to give the queen her special offering that she wants. And I'm not like a, I'm not a fan of race, 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 run, 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 run games. But, and I mean, this is one. Yeah, I, I it definitely has aspects of that. I, I'll buy that. Yeah. 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 It just, it doesn't feel blinding fast. Like, oh, I didn't even have a chance. You're going to have a chance. It just may get away from you. Okay. And you are really limited with only four action discs. Yes. And especially, like I said, when a lot of the action selection spots or the worker placement locations require you to use two discs. Mm -hmm. So using your pixies and other players' pixies to your benefit to go to locations that they're occupying so now they occupy half of the lo- half of the spot meaning it only takes one action right. pawn or one action disc is really key in maximizing how far you can go on limited actions mm-hmm. and stretching out because it's possible that in two actions your entire turn is done your yeah. entire round essentially is done and somebody who's being a lot more efficient with their actions is taking four actions yeah. yeah, that's going to add up. So you, it's very limited. But again, in a in a lot of ways, it kind of reminds me of a Vinos yeah. that you know what? There's going to be three fairs, and there's only six years, mm-hmm. and you get two actions per year. So that's twelve actions in the entire game. However, there's ways to get extra yeah. actions, yeah. and just like this, it's all about maximizing. So I don't see that as a as a deterrent. I see that as a as a positive. However, some people might feel too limited. Right. The last thing that I have on this is the last round reward phase and penalty phase, it feels kind of like a letdown and and a missed opportunity. Since only one player can reach the loyal servant space each round, once one player, usually the first player in the final reward phase, once they reach that space... There's really no reason to advance Pixies at that point. The reward phase can essentially be skipped, except for moving up the gold and silver tracks, for the simple fact that 
There's no benefit for advancing Pixies, nor is there a penalty for not doing so. Yes, there's the minor penalty of if you have Pixies in the at the end during the penalty phase, you're going to lose one or two points. But eh, there's no real incentive other than during the game to get them out to get you more stuff. Mm -hmm. There's just I feel like there's a missed opportunity here to encourage players to be to be motivated to position themselves further up on the hierarchy of the worker placement spots closer to the work to to the uh the the loyal servant space either to avoid larger punishment at the end of the game or possibly a benefit in points thematically though i get it all the pixies except for the one loyal servant suck Fine. Okay, I get that. But why not make that final placement more important? Because it felt like a letdown. Every time I played this, especially at the higher player counts, oh, hey, look, so-and-so made it to the top at the beginning of the reward phase. Okay, we can just finish the game. Now. Right, Done. right. And so it just, yeah, that one little aspect just stuck in my craw. I disagree because I feel that your final decision is if it is vital and very important to you to be a loyal servant, then you need to make sure that you are first in line. That is your final decision. If you decide that you don't need that, then your decision is moving up, moving your pixies out of the dungeon. Or, or out of the mine, out to, of the mine. To, to mitigate the one or two right. points. Or your decision is to deny other players the reward phase by playing what not what the queen wants so there's i understand what you're saying but i feel that you're putting too much weight on it all right and that might be i mean that, that that's fair it's just it it just i wanted it to be more there at the end and that's fair okay so moving on to scalability so mechanically the number of pixies per player, the number of food tiles available, the number of rocks that are in the mining bag are all based on player count, all right? Mm -hmm. Gameplay-wise, I feel like it's way more cutthroat at higher player oh, counts, yeah. and there's increased tension and player-induced take that, obviously, with more players. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't even talk about the dice, that one of which gets you whatever you roll in resources. The other one is the epitome of a screw you it's action. You, it's one, two, or three whips, and you can dish those out to, yeah. you know what, Amanda? Um, I didn't like that you threw your apple at me. Pretty much. Yeah, so like, here's some whips. In our two-player game, you were right on the edge of one of the dividing lines where you, if you cross it, you lose a pixie. If pixie, pixie gets demoted. All and, the way back to the mine, regardless of where right. they are, unless they're in the loyal servant spot. Correct, and neither one of your pixies were... And I, so I went to that spot and rolled the die to get, to give you those extra whips to make sure that you lost one of your pixies. That Which was, high was up. genius because then I, it forced me to lose all those re, or the resources that I would have gotten mm -hmm. at the beginning of the next round. So that was really well done. So it's, again, that goes back to you're limited so much by the number of action discs that you have that. Yes, you can take the screw you action, mm -hmm. but it's requiring you to quote unquote waste actions yeah. by taking that. But if it's a if you think it's a close game, could be the difference mm -hmm. between you winning or somebody else yeah, winning. Definitely. So player count wise, for me, 
three players seemed the least interesting. Yeah. It, it felt the most milk toast out of all the player counts. Four and five, I thoroughly enjoyed. Three was okay. And two, I enjoyed even more than three. Yeah, two way more than three for me. I would say two and five are my opposite ends of the spectrum. Those are my fa- two favorite counts because in the two player you have a dummy play. One of the non-used colors is a dummy player. And kind of a oh a, a pseudo dummy player because all you use are the pixies to fill spots yeah. that whoever's the first player uh, gets to during, not, at the mm-hmm. end of the reward phase. They get to promote a pixie automatically mm-hmm. for the dummy player, which is just space filler to make other action spots cheaper. Right. I liked it too because of the cutthroat, more cutthroat nature. I felt than with more because with two you can really screw with the other person with the reward phase. You're in, you, you have more control. I'll, bu- I'll yeah. buy that. Sure. Like um like I did with the whips to you, you can and, and the game does go faster at two players obviously. So that that makes it a two player makes it more of a, like a school night game, but the five player is more fun because there's a lot more stuff going on. Yes, everybody has less pixies. So, like in a in a five player game, there's only five more pixies than in a two player game because everybody right. gets three. In, right, in as a opposed five. to five. Right. Um, but that one's easier to be able to move up the tracks because you know one person's going to do the queen's favor most likely. But you also, at the same time, you have more competition mm-hmm. for promotion. In every, in there's a lot more throwing of apples at yeah. one another and demoting other people's apples and throwing. Uh, rocks onto chains Mm -hmm. uh, for the pixies so it's i feel like it's more direct screw you directly at a two-player game definitely but at a five-player there's more of it that's true it's just it's more equally given out right yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) right totally evenly dispersed yep the kickstarter tiles the bonus tiles they're all overpowered, which I will I will be okay with because they all are. I don't feel like that they're all more they're definitely stronger than all the mm-hmm. base game tiles. Yeah. But like you said, they're equally like yes. I, I wanted every we played with them in our two player game and I wanted everyone. Yes. I could make a cape, but there is one spot, one of the worker placement locations allows you to swap. So, hey, you're not using that tile. You can swap it out mm-hmm. either with an opponent's yep. or one of the ones that's still available on the board. So just because you got one that you're not you then A, playing better. but Change if, it. Yeah, change it. But again, it uses one of those precious. very precious <laughs> action discs. Yeah. So overall, uh, scalability, I feel like it scales pretty well. Yeah. Um, the feel of the game is different, though, between oh, yeah. the higher different. and lower player counts. It's vastly different, but it's still enjoyable. Let's hear those comments. All right. So from BGG, we have some good ideas, but I think there's no control of the, over the game because of the unnecessary direct interaction and so many choices you have on your turn. So direct interaction and too many choices. Those are negatives. Okay. Okay. All right. I love the queen and her punishing ways, which leads to interesting choices about whether or not to help her. Some interesting secret bids had a hard time developing any desire to succeed in scoring points. The game just beats you down. 
which makes it hard to stay invested in the play experience. Oh, wow. Okay. This game uses a couple of mechanics I usually do not like in a game with this length and the amount of rules. Blind bidding, take that, and guessing. In addition, the amount of negative points that you acquire each round feels quite depressing. Still, with more than two players, the game manages to entertain with a lot of turn angst. I like that, turn angst. I do too. I can certainly understand why part of our group was not as enamored with it as I was because of its punishing nature. All in all, a good game, but not one that I want to play regularly. Hmm. All right. So there you go. Interesting. So summary, ma'am. Funny story. We met the Pixie Queen at Essen. We did, in fact. Yeah. She's not a kind queen. (laughs) She's haughty. She's rude. She's mean. And just all around, you know, not fun to really be around. The person behind the Pixie Queen was quite nice. But the Pixie Queen herself, no, no, not really. But um, however, the game that Rudy St. Jens has constructed around her created personality in this created world is fun, unique, and brutal. I often joke that I'm a secret masochist because I enjoy the pain that a lot of the games that I enjoy offer. This has taken it to a literal level (laughs) by getting whipped repeatedly and beat down over the course of seven rounds. With apples. And I can't get enough of it. I absolutely have been enamored with this game from the word go. And as long as you don't mind a game that interjects itself... In amongst the players, this is going to be a game that you're definitely going to enjoy. Rating? So, for me, I have a split rating. All right? What? So, at five players, I really like this game. I give it a solid five, no problem, on our one to six scale. However, two to four players, I did enjoy the game. I just didn't enjoy it as much. So I'm going to give it a four for everything else. Okay, that's I fair. think that's reasonable. I did that with Twa. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. You're a two-player. Yeah. You weren't a fan of that, were you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm going to give it a five from the word go. I don't care if it's two players or five players or even three players. It wasn't my favorite at three, but I'd still play it at three. This game is a lot of fun. It's a good way to kind of let off steam. You know, like we, we all got this app on our phone that you... You kind of like um, pop like your it, you pop your wrist. Oh, they heard it on the stream. I, I, I know they did. <laughs> you pop it on your wrist from your wrist, and it goes and there's like tons of different whipping sounds you can make and stuff. So it's just it's just a fun a fun time around the table with your friends. Who knew getting whipped would be so much fun? Who knew? So thank you to Game Brewer for the review copy of the game, and that is Pixie Queen. So welcome back yeah. to us, huh? Oh, yeah. Man, it's good to be back. Seriously, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the time off, quote unquote. But you know what? We kind of missed y'all. Yeah, we did. So, hi. And it's good to be back. So we'll see a lot more of y'all and talk a lot more with y'all in the coming weeks and months. We'll talk a lot more at you people. Yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so cool. All right. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you thought. Yeah. If you've played Pixie Queen, tell us what you think about it. If you haven't, tell us what you thought about the review. Shoot us an email, contact at heavycardboard.com. 
We know Pixie Queen is hard to get a hold of right now. If you didn't back the Kickstarter, I know there's a couple of stores out there that, that are offering it, but it's hard to come by. Yeah. So we back the game and we got a review copy. Yeah, so there just happens to be one hanging out in our guest room. Huh. It's weird. What, you, should, what should we do with that? I don't know. Do you think maybe one of our listeners would want it? I was just going to say let it collect dust. Well, but I'm not the pixie queen. <laughs> All right. Sure. Give it away. All right. So let's have a contest, you guys. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. <laughs> All right. So go to heavycardboard.com forward slash queen. We'll leave it open for two weeks time. We will close it on January 26th and we will contact the winner directly. And we will announce the winner in our following episode, February 1st, y'all. Oh, yeah. So, heavycardboard.com forward slash queen. Mm-hmm. We're back. We're doing a giveaway. What else can you want? Me full time. I was going to say a, a, a suitcase full of hundreds. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. It's good to be back. Yeah. We'll catch y'all next week. <laughs>